Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey there, Nat. How's it going? Good. Well, things have been better, but I am surviving. I'm really stoked to talk to you today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> talking to a human. Talking to someone. Um, so tell tell me what happened. Okay, so I've been... Um, I think we're going to release this one next week. So this is like a pretty good real-time podcast. Sometimes we do them way in advance. But I've been doing renovations for in my loft here in Vancouver for almost like 40 days. Um, uh, yeah, well, like, well, yeah, 35, 40 days. And so we moved all of our stuff out of our place into a storage unit and we've been, we did the floors, like new floors, we did trim, we're painting everything again. Um, there's a lot of like weird little things. It's a loft. It's kind of a funny space. So there's a lot of DIY shit going down. Um, and it's been super intense, but we yesterday moved all of our stuff, stuff like our the things that are inside the storage drawers and the closets that you have into our new apartment in Victoria. So we just did like a, a one day trip over there, dropped a bunch of our stuff, um, which was, we were so excited about um, making that transition or getting that started. And then our place, this apartment, which is through a property management company was really dirty and it was okay. Like if you walked into an Airbnb at this state, like there's no way you would stay there. Ew. That's so yeah. nasty. And it was really upsetting. Like I was, cause I was so excited about moving there and we knew we weren't sleeping there, which is fu- like, we were just dropping our stuff, coming back to Vancouver and finishing this, staging this place, putting up for sale. So we still have stuff to do, but like, oh my God, I've never, I guess it's been a while since you've been in the rental market cause you own your place, but yeah. I never remember walking into a place that's been that filthy before. Yeah. Well, I've definitely walked into Airbnbs or like cottages that have been like not that clean um, and kind of uh, gross. We had one Airbnb that had like ants and we were just like, no, this this will not fly because the ants were everywhere. So, yeah, like I I get it. It's it's really gross. But yeah, like a, a good team of professional cleaners could be in there like in two hours and especially if there's no furniture it's not like it's like even better with no furniture because then they just get like oh, yeah. down and dirty through the kitchen the bathroom like put on their masks and just scrub the shit out of that place yeah yeah and i'm not expecting like every single person like i'm pretty sure there were two male students living in it which like okay like you're in your early 20s like i don't i was there like i didn't have the highest standards and when i got out of a place I got out, like I left, I did like a brief clean, like it was, and I kind of expected a professional to come behind me, you know, like you get like, you do, I probably did, I did a better job than these guys did for sure when I moved, but holy, like, yeah, I am so surprised they didn't have a professional come between. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Cause I'm sure a part, part of your rent is like given to the property management company. Like you gotta be paying them something or someone's paying them something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I'm just anyways, it was really 
upsetting. So I consoled myself with um, ice cream and sweet potato fries. Seemed oh, appropriate. yum. <laughs> we've great. been eating like so bad. Well, that's yeah. like really bad for us. Um, we've been really indulging um, while we've been doing this. Yeah. We're just eat- eating our emotions and our stress like really hardcore. Because <laughs> we know like we never really do that. So we're just like this yeah. is the one time in our life. And like our kitchen like most of the time is covered in dust or plastic. Um, it's hard to keep food in the fridge. So we're just like, okay, we're going to eat our stress and our emotions and just like survive off of coffee and an end of the day beer or cider. And that's mm-hmm. how we do. Yeah. It's the um, construction worker diet. Yeah, I feel terrible though. Like legit, <laughs> don't know how people oh, live no. this way. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people are on pills. A lot of people take things daily to to help yes. them function. Um, and yeah. and you know, a lot of people just get like they forget how good it is to feel to feel good and healthy and whole and like non lethargic after eating. Like so, I don't know. It's it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, it's been interesting to experience that and like we know there's an end to not eating great and um, we have like little waves where we do like a couple days of like smoothies and salads and then we're like back onto the, <laughs> I don't know, un- the, the carb, riding the carb train. But yeah, um, and, and then in our bodies, like what we're feeling in our physical body is just like, oh my God, like that's really intense. Eric's getting nerve impingement in his arm and his arm is basically almost numb like whenever he bends his elbow his arm goes numb and then he has propped it up yeah like he has to sleep and he has all these like plastic bins so he props his arm up and he's like (laughs) up in the middle of the night stretching and swinging his arm around and you know um paul also had a so he has like a a rolled forward shoulder like a a little um, anterior shoulder thingy um Mm -hmm. and then a little bit of that you know desktop kyphosis in his spine but he he actually had a lot of benefit i think he was working out one day and then um i think it's where the nerve for him it was where the nerve passes through the bicep somewhere Mm -hmm. around there and then it would go down to his arm and he'd have this like tightness feeling so i was like you gotta go see a physio before that gets any worse um and what they gave him was nerve flossing which was really, really good. So um, here, just just do this with me. So hold your okay. arm out um, mm-hmm. to the side. So not in um, out in front of you, but in horizontal abduction to the side. Um, mm-hmm. And then turn the palm up. And then I think it was, okay, so as you bend your elbow and flex your hand like you're serving a platter, tilt your head to the opposite side. So you can imagine that the nerve is being pulled towards your neck side. Mm -hmm. And then when you straighten your arm, keep the wrist flexed, pointing the fingers down towards the ground, and then let your head tilt towards your hand side. So the arm that you're working on, that side. And then that's where you're pulling the nerve towards your hand. Okay, yeah, Yeah. I like that. So if you just keep going, but that I think that only flosses a certain subset of the nerves. You might be able to do something else with the shoulder. Um, but yeah, that, you know what, I, and I've been doing nerve flossing for my hip and my foot and my, um, I think it's my sciatic nerve that goes, runs down the leg to the side of the foot. Um, cause I had a little bit of numbing there. Um, but yeah, nerve flossing has been so beneficial because sometimes it's not necessarily a tight muscle, but it's the wrapping around the nerve itself. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe the mus- muscle might have something to do with it, but just like doing 10 reps of my nerve flossing has kept everything at bay. Um, and Paul once in a while will like do the, the funky head arm 
thing flossing because he's like yeah i can i can sort of feel something sticky and it's like he just knows that it's a really good preventative um but like anything like a daily routine is going to make a a really good difference in your life so Mm -hmm. yeah see if you can teach him that and then just do like a few of those before bed because yeah that's brutal yeah it's like definitely something sticky inside of his bicep because i was i had him just like um in a lunge with his back knee on the ground and then just like an open twist like reaching his Mm. uh so right foot forward and then reaching the right hand up and twisting and then i was assisting like i grabbed his kind of peck and shoulder and pulled it back Mm. and like put a little tension on his wrist had my palm on his bicep and he's like okay i'm getting it really feels like your hand is like stuck like really um it's got like really sticking to my skin and pulling like shearing and i was like i'm just pushing in like i'm not even pulling like i'm not doing that yeah he's okay put your take your hand away and put it back and he's like i feel something inside something inside there's weird (laughs) he really needs to go see a physio who can properly like give him some nerve flossing exercises but you can try those too like especially if you don't have the time yet but yeah it goes away yeah. with him like as soon as he's not doing like all this manual labor and like yeah. really using his chest and shoulders. But yeah, it's kind of brutal right now. And yeah. I have like yeah. hardly had time. Like usually I would help him out, but we're just so tired. I'm like, okay, you just get up in the middle of the night and swing your arms around. I'm sleeping. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Yeah. No, I know yeah. what it's like to be like so, so exhausted. Um, but yeah, teach him to it while you guys are awake. And then maybe like even if... um. So like in the middle of the night, if he's swinging, at least he has like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of flossing and then, then I'll do some swinging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor man. Yeah. And then on your side of things, you have an exciting weekend because is this the wedding that you're in this weekend? Yes. Yeah. This right. is the wedding I'm in. I just remembered to pick up my dress today and it fits. Thank God. Because <laughs> it's yes. tomorrow and I don't have any time to get it re-altered if it needs to be. Um and yeah it's so oh my gosh we're supposed to be doing this like you know how like the bride and the groom come out during the reception and there's like music playing and everything um so they want to do that for every single like groomsman bridesmaid pair um coming out and so we've decided to do lmfao's um party rock anthem you know nice. that one Mm-hmm. oh yes yeah and and so the guy i'm paired with is a really nice guy but he wants to do the dance um so we're supposed to have like a dance rehearsal tonight oh my god but it's like a really beautiful day in toronto and we've been like we never had beautiful days like it's been Aww. such a shitty shitty um early summer late uh spring um so i really just want to be outside i don't want to dance and i don't want to learn how to floss and I don't want to learn these things. You like start doing the nerve flossing. You're like, I can floss. <laughs> this is what you meant by flossing, right? Yeah, right. Which nerve are we flossing? They're like, what? Oh my god, the crowd would just not. No one would know what I was doing. No one. Just be like, yeah. Oh god, it'd be so terrible. That. Oh. Well, Speaking good luck things, with that. Yeah, we don't want to do these things. I feel like such a kid that just like doesn't want to do her homework, you know? Yeah, it'll all be over soon. Yeah. It'll true. be super fun. Weddings are a blast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. <sighs> mine was fun anyways. Yeah, I guess it, it's just this this is going to just be for this one day. It's going to be like I, I tell people it's more work than my work. 
because we wow. have to be up at like we have to be there for makeup and hair at 6 a.m and then oh, photos shit. start i know photos start i think at like 10 or something oh, and then God. they go yeah there's all these like tea ceremonies games um and then we go all the way until the ce- the ceremony um is at three or four and then the reception um follows thereafter so you know it's gonna be you'll a be long t- day. you'll be super tired yeah you yeah. might have to bust those sneakers out for your dancing I see. I don't even. I don't know how I'm gonna. I don't know how. Like I can't even. I'm just gonna tell. I maybe I'll text him and I'll be like, "Look, we have to simplify this. Both of us are gonna be brain dead after being up for like twelve plus hours, and then we have to like. I have to remember this really complicated dance in a dress in heels when I can barely like right arm left leg. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so he's to, like... <laughs> he's the one who wants to do the dance, or the yeah, bride he... says. No, he wants to do the dance really badly. And he's like, it's so simple. But I'm like, no, this song is so friggin' fast. Like, even like doing, you know, like flossing, like not nerve flossing, but like flossing, yeah. it, you have to move so fast. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I, I don't know. He, he's really pumped and into it though. So I feel uh, bad about like shooting him down. <laughs> yeah. But you're just like, there's a lot going on, man. Sometimes. Yeah. Like a long Some dress is better. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Simple anyway. is better, which is like that feeds into what we're going to talk about probably today. Well, we're talking about <laughs> teaching yoga to beginners. It's taking us so long to get here. It's taking us. Yes. Yeah. I know. We need a good catch up. <laughs> teaching. Um. Yeah. Teaching yoga to beginners. God, that shit is hard. That's the the beginners. I think are one of the hardest groups. Um. And then a next really difficult group for me to teach, well, I'd say like an intermediate that like really wants a specific thing. Like they go to the classes and they're like, I want to do pigeon and wheel every time. And you're like, back, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, teach something uh, else. Like uh, that's difficult. And then they're doing their own thing. But then, <laughs> but also like you can just let them do their own thing. So hard to say who's the hardest. But beginners, it's, it's tricky. Like you do, I find myself like I've learned the most from teaching beginners. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked teaching beginners. I had a class that was like beginners, um, like yoga for beginners as as part of the studio. And um, I I since gave it up because the timing didn't work. But yeah, it was um, it was really fun. I don't know. It was just like it was just a blast slowing things down and being able to talk through things. Um, Yeah. I like teaching like that, like when you know mm-hmm. the majority of the group is is beginner, are beginners. Yes, um, yeah. it's when they're sprinkled into a, a drop in class. Yes, that's that's when it's super challenging because you're like you know you're teaching handstand or something more difficult. Or you're going somewhere and you're like okay, but I'm just also trying to help this person get their hands right in down dog or like turn their front foot forward in warrior two, mm. and um just get like the main the main elements not get super overwhelmed with all the other shit that goes down besides the physical like you're just like okay if i can just have them make the shapes yeah and then we'll worry about the rest later i think that's more of like teaching to a mixed level class um yeah yeah whereas if you if you have a beginner and you can isolate them or isolate a group of them (laughs) catch them like pokemon and get them them get them yeah And then you just have them and no one else. Then, then it's really rewarding and really, really nice because you can, um, you can sort of shape how they, how they do things and how they 
think about things and how they frame things from the get-go and then you can catch patterns early on as well mm-hmm. um, which I, I really liked doing but um, yeah mixed level classes are real difficult that Those shit's hard yeah. yeah okay I'm really interested in, in how you teach this class then so you know that every time the majority of the students are fairly beginner so they've probably taken between like one and ten or one and twenty classes um and so how do, how do you go about teaching that and teaching or you, like you don't teach it anymore, but you taught it and you taught it fairly regularly, I assume, like once a week. Yeah, exactly. For a while. Um, yeah. it do Every time you teach the class, then you're you're going in as if people are brand spanking new. Yes, exactly. And, and okay. you don't I, I think I never expected people to come back. You know, I never expected like a retention of students mm-hmm. because um I'm trying to prepare them to move on to other classes that maybe better suit their schedule or like to feel free to take other classes and have some tools available to them. So, um, back then, I think it was about two years ago when I taught it regularly. Um, I, I think I, I, I remember picking certain poses, like really simple ones, like warrior two, warrior one, warrior three. Um, and then just like sort of going towards those simple, simple shapes. So nothing, nothing crazy, nothing too, um, too out of the ordinary, something that they would encounter in other classes. And then just working towards those shapes and really talking about like, this is alignment, hands on your hips. Do you feel this thing that, that the shape is about? Um, and you know, if you, if you come off of that, then I'd rather you come up a little bit out of the shape so that you can maintain that alignment. And that's more true to the, the shape as it is traditionally required. Um, so I, I just remember talking a lot about that kind of stuff and then slowing things way, way down and doing so much prep work, like so much hamstring, um, loosening, so much shoulder loosening, um, so much more stretching. Um, and then so sort of like leaving vinyasas like not really mm-hmm. discussing a vinyasa too much because that that would be like another hour that you would need but yeah like trying to pre- prepare people to like be able to go into a class and not be scared of hearing a pose like warrior one um because they know roughly what it's about mm-hmm. how would you if you were given a class just beginners? um well i taught um a group there's an organization here called yoga for stiff guys so it's That's so cute. Yeah, it's done at community centers and um you get guys in their I don't know, in their twenties to to sixties. Mm-hmm. I, I had one guy, he was like eighty four, I think. He Whoa. crushed it. Oh, that guy was the best. Um, but yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just like so awesome when but then but he's like, Oh, I've been doing yoga for like twenty years and you're like, Whoa, respect. Yeah. yeah. But he started That's when cool. he was like sixty something. I'm like, Okay, also respect, like just mm-hmm. to get into it then. Um, that, well, that was a little bit different because they had that program had, um, person who designed it had a set kind of, kind of a set series mm. more or less like, and mm. it was in within, um, a 10 class series. People, people would prepay for the, the 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would kind of be like class one, we're talking about foundation and yeah. I really want you to focus on the hands and the feet. Yeah. Um, Tadasana and like finding space in that. And then these kind of poses, she had how she wanted the, the flow to be. And you could, yeah. you could go from it if you were a more experienced teacher, if you were more of a beginner teacher, you kind of stuck to that. You know what? Um, I, I actually think that's like, like set sequences for beginners is genius. It's perfect. Well, it's so, it's why so many people do Bikram or have done Bikram yeah. and get, get into yoga through that. Um, and I know 
in Vancouver, why yoga has a hot, it's usually the hot classes that are set for whatever reason. I don't know. That's my experience here. Like, so they have a hot class and that's a set series. Um, Moksha, which is now called Modo, Mm -hmm. they are a set series. And I practiced with them when I started practicing um, studio yoga a lot more. Yeah, me too. And that was like, it felt good to have that familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it makes it feel so achievable. Yeah. It, it, it is nice because you kind of, there's so much to figure out in, in the postures and just also, I think we've talked about before in hot yoga, you really have to concentrate. Like one of the things that that teaches you is to breathe because if you're not breathing mm. well, you're, you're on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> passed <absolutely>. out. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, hot kinda, yoga. <laughs> yeah. Just knowing where you're going, I think, is really helpful for beginners. But yeah, you spoke about kind of vinyasa is not really a thing for beginners. And I would totally agree. Like you teaching, um, sorry, my computer screen just turned off and I'm just going to put in my password so that I don't, anyways, whatever. Um, <laughs> teaching that speed, or even if you do a slow vinyasa, it might be in a big, be- if you did that in a beginner's class, it'd be, maybe you do a flow like once or twice kind of at the end. I don't know. I guess you could start with sun salutations real slow, but you have to really intelligently go through it. And mm-hmm. I think sun salutations are way more complex than yeah. um, people give them credit for. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I ever did like a single sun salutation not not with the breath it would have to go so much slower and like so much more attention to detail and just like allowing them to breathe as much as they need to breathe Mm -hmm. yeah I I think for beginners um I think you you gotta sort of like break out of the rules a little bit and then yeah just slow things right down and um another skill that we as a teacher that's really really um really important um and rachel uh she's going to be on the podcast later but we we did have a discussion to her about that with this and, and this stuck with me is about being the teacher that's not so focused on what you're saying but more focused on how the students are landing it how the students are receiving it um and that's definitely a distinction that like takes a lot of time you have to get used to like saying things and and speaking in public first and then you can start to get to that state where you're like just watching and seeing how these beginners are moving and then you can decide what's going to come next and I think that's a large reason why I never really did sun salutations and I never really stuck to a set sequence um because I would see so many tight hamstrings and I'm like oh you poor things let's just come down and stretch those out for a little Mm -hmm. bit it's going to be so much more beneficial um and then we can learn about you know warrior one but let's let's calm down the necessity to do a sun salutation we'll warm up some other way we'll, we'll just do something else yeah. Like you could make downward dog a peak pose absolutely in, in a beginner's class yeah. for sure. Like that could be where you get to eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think like simplifying and, and seeing the postures that as a more intermediate or advanced student or teacher you think are like the basics, like you said, warrior two, warrior one, making those kind of having um, an idea to that's, that's like your peak. And you don't have to be like, we're doing a peak posture today. Like people are like, what the fuck does that mean? But like in your head, you're like, Hey, I'm going to make some shapes. We're going to practice like ankle stability, knee stability. Like we're going to get there eventually. And in a very simple way where people are mindful of their body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, 
I liked to well, I don't think I did it so much then because I wasn't I wasn't as experienced as I am now and I, I didn't have as much knowledge and I didn't have an, as much like um uh ease, I think. Um but now there's certain ideas that I came up with that I would really would have loved to incorporate into beginners classes and I think one of them is to to show this um holisticness of yoga a little bit more I was really like physically focused and I think we as teachers get really um wrapped up in the whole physicality of it because it's it's a big portion of the job to mm-hmm. be able to guide physically um but I think some portion of it should be like some sort of pranayama even if it's a really simple breathing exercise or, or mindfulness exercise about the breath um or visualization and then some portion of it, like touching on something philosophically. Um, and I know that's, that's hard. That's hard for me as a teacher, but I think to show that kind of holisticness and totality of yoga that, it, you know, it's a little bit more than, than postures would have been really nice so that, that they get like a taste, you know? Yeah. And I like that you spoke about that because, um, I've had the experience and when I was a beginner, I remember that being, that that kind of attempt being made by the teacher but mm. wasn't uh, um focused enough so mm. so that old like choose an intention for your class yeah and i'm like yeah. okay like um, what the fuck does that mean like yeah. oh, <laughs> someone gonna <laughs> someone gonna ask me about this and yeah. then I, I always in my head i was just like don't be a dick <laughs> like that's my, that's, <laughs> no, like to myself like that's my self goal i'm like hey try not to be a dick today <laughs> and like i don't know, you know what my intention is yeah even, like no one said like this is what we mean by that or like if you yeah if you're thinking of someone you can dedicate your practice to them i was like why would i do that i have no idea yeah why, yeah. why would i, I i'm just like you know, can it, somebody it, help me <laughs> <laughs> but honestly i'm so glad you said that because it took me until like this year last year last year to figure out what that meant it took like a long time for me to figure out what that meant. So I never really said it. So I don't think I was really, yeah, uh, yeah I wasn't like a spiritual, I was, I'm still, I'm not like a very spiritual-ish teacher, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but Which is yeah, fine. Like, it took me a long time. And now I, I have different words. I don't use the word intention because that doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just doesn't. Like, what do you mean intention? What Intention for what? Like, warrior mm-hmm. two. My intention is to achieve warrior two. I did it. I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like achieved. Like what? <laughs> continue breathing and like notice if you're super pissed off or something or if you're like totally checked out mentally, like to be a yeah. little more present. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, but the intention of like dedicate your practice to this person, like that's just not, that's just not who I am. Yeah, so I don't no. get when people say that. And then yeah. there are students that definitely relate to that. Yes. But I think if you're teaching to beginners, if you're going to say that, you need to say something about what that means. Yeah. You got to be really Give them clear. a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not saying don't ever say that, but just maybe personally like refine what that means to you and what you yeah. want people to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, that, that only made sense to me when I, when I um, started to think about like priorities in life, like every mm. day is going to be full of work, happiness you know love um friends every day is going to be full of this like balance of all these things and when you sort of focus on one thing then that thing becomes a little bit bigger than everything else and you can work towards maybe achieving something in relation to that so like if you wanted this week or today to work on really building your community and to feel whole and to feel like part of a network of people um you got to know that that's part of your everyday but 
for today, you can just like focus on that more and it can be a bigger part of today and it's going to fill you up in that way because you wanted it. So I, I think about it as like a life priority. Um, and, and in a physical yoga class, you can think about it like our priority today or our focus today is going to be your hips and this feeling of groundedness. And that's going to be our priority. We're going to let go of everything else and just work on feeling that and everything that that means. Does that make sense? Sweet. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you, sh- that's exactly how you should explain it in a yoga class. <laughs> well, like, just say what I said. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. You can like literally say what Sandy said because <laughs> unless you, unless you're like very eloquent with your language and you want to come up with something related to a story or a philosophy yeah. or whatever, yeah, go for it. But yeah. if you're just like, okay, like this is what I want my people to do, then just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like that straightforwardness, I would have, I don't know, I would have just gotten got the message a lot sooner <laughs> yes <laughs> yes because it's yeah it's overwhelming being a beginner a beginner and it's it's hard to remember back like fully it's hard to unknow you know yeah what, what we know now so it's like I try to remember what I felt physically in my body like those holy shit moments mm. um and I try and like speak to that if I am teaching a, a class of beginners, like this pose, like people, if I, if I demo a little bit and after they're like, Oh, like you, you do things so easily. And it's like, I used to not be able to raise my arms over my head without my arms going numb when I was like oh, 24. Wow. So, mm. you know, like it's not just because I'm like young and flexible, like this was so much work and you know, you can just talk about that at the beginning of a class mm-hmm. and yeah. being re- relatable. Yeah. People can kind of receive better if they know you've been in their shoes. And it's hard to see a teacher and imagine them being like well, yeah. stiff yeah. and shaking. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we were there. Oh, or yeah. You, I don't know how stiff you were. You're like very much more flexible person um, naturally. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't actually remember. You probably like maybe the strength and stability more was where you like, had that holy shit moment. I just remember being really sore. Do you remember being sore all the time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember loving the soreness. You get, yeah. Did, did you get that? Yeah. 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 I'm going to do it again because like, I haven't barely moved my body in the last oh. since I've done these renos. Yeah. Um, again, it's just like an interesting experience. I'm not really upset about it and I know there's an end to it and, mm-hmm. um, I'm not like living that way for the rest of my life, but right. Eric and I are both like craving, we're like, Oh my God, we're going to go hiking and we're going to do yoga <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, but it is yeah. good to like kind of put that tension back in my body and put those like weird repetitive mo- movements I'm doing Ugh. back in my body and then be like, okay, yeah. And then we go to do something simple and we're like, Holy shit, you can feel it. Like uh. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, back to being a, a beginner. Well, back and, to being really stiff because not yeah. all beginners are stiff. Yeah, yeah. The muscle yeah. memory is still there. It's just like there's a little more pull when you do something yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, w- I wonder if we could like kind of put together some key tips for teachers if they're teaching beginners. I mean, we've spoken a lot about it, but mm. I'm going to um, like brainstorm. Yeah, maybe you can put a, a little list together. Well, one thing I, I actually had an idea and I wanted to... Just like a, ver- a verbal list. I don't want to doing yeah. it like a yeah <laughs> well okay yeah before <laughs> we do that down. i just i just wanted to like run this idea by you so mm-hmm. i've been playing a lot with like unguided flows so i will guide a flow slowly the first time and it's something simple like five poses let's say crescent lunge warrior two reverse warrior lunge twist vinyasa 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like what a few poses. Uh, I don't even know. Four, four poses. So four poses. Four. Yeah. Um, I'll talk them through it really slow, both sides, um, the first time. And then, uh, the next time that comes around, I'll start to explain that we're going to move a little faster. We're going to move one breath, one movement, and then, um, flow through it. And then we'll do the same sequence of four poses and they'll do a little faster. And then the third time they do it, same sequence, I just let them flow it on their own. Um, and so number one, they got to remember the sequence of postures. And number two, they got to remember how the postures fit with the breath, which is usually pretty intuitive, like inhale, arms up, exhale, arms down, right? Like that kind of thing. And then number three, they've got to remember all the alignment cues that come with that posture. So with experienced yogis, this actually works really well to really bring the mind into the, the body and to activate memory portions of your brain, to me- to activate like learning portions of your brain, um, which I, I really like in, in some styles of class. And I was thinking this is actually like, it's a really, it might be a really good way to teach a beginner class if you like slowed it down and didn't do very many poses at all. Because especially in the beginner class, like I was teaching in a studio, my purpose was to send them out into the studio world to be able to take any class on the schedule and to feel confident in taking that class. Like they they knew that where they were going, they knew what props to put where, they knew how their body was supposed to feel aligned. Um, And so that responsibility of learning, to be able to put that on the student now in retrospect I feel like it's it's such a gift that I could give them you know like the self-confidence be like I know what warrior one is I remember where my knees should be I remember how my hips should feel and look um in my body um so I was thinking like if I were given a a beginner class now I might do it completely different It, it might be the same um sort of sequences it might be the same postures but maybe I would like have a portion of the class where I'd just be like and now I just want you to practice one pose that we've done today that you don't feel good in (laughs) you know and maybe like I I would like I I would tell them in the beginning of the class you know somewhere in the middle of the class I'm going to ask you to do this so I want you to start to feel and think about this one pose that you just don't feel very good in you don't really like very much and then let them just be on their own and maybe walk around and be like all right um how about you try this in your body it might feel a little bit different or how about you try this and then just have them have like you know three minutes of time just to really consolidate some learning what do you think yeah I think I like that that could definitely be really beneficial because people could come in and out of it or like find that point of resistance or friction um and then if people are doing different things they're not having that comparative mind which yes. is something that definitely happens with beginners they're like oh make the shape make the shape like she makes the shape or make the shape like my neighbor makes the shape yeah which is exactly. not what we need to be doing um so they come into it with maybe not doing the shape of the person next to them, have some time to maybe ask a question or re- receive some tips or adjustments verbally, physically. Um, yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. It'd be really I, interesting yeah. to see like how that would go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I, I, cause I don't get groups of beginners that are isolated beginners yeah Um, yeah but yeah i would love to see if anyone does teach a beginners class out there can you try that for me please yeah (laughs) let us know how that goes it depends on the size of the group too probably and some people would just maybe maybe some people are just tired and they need that time to just do like child's pose for three minutes or something yeah which is absolutely fine Mm -hmm. but um Mm -hmm. i think it's a really it's an interesting 
thing to play. Have you ever um, practiced like that where you're unguided? Um, there's a couple more like vinyasa style classes that, uh, well, no, it'd be like, it'd be setting up, it'd be setting up the flow, like what you're talking about with your mm. vinyasa before. Um, yeah. and then the odd class where teachers are like, and then at the end, like do whatever pose like that. Was, I don't know if that's still a thing, but for a while, like it was, if there's any other poses you want to do before you're yeah. done, do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't say that that often personally but mm. I know teachers still do so that's like the only time where it's kind of unguided and but it's, you're not given any um I don't know guidelines I guess mm. it's just for those antsy people who are like really want to do wheel and you haven't taught it or <laughs> I don't know <laughs> oh sometimes I'll say it if it's like I don't I'm running low on time and we just finished a twist and you know maybe they want a knees to chest but I'm just like just lay down shavasana or do whatever you want to do if you need like yeah and ease to chest. So I, yeah, I'll say it quickly sometimes. It depends on where you are in the class in the yeah. studio and there's so many things, but no, not often like completely given. It's pretty rare that we're get given that amount of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's different than like having that freedom at home. Cause you, mm -hmm. you, you absolutely have that freedom at home to do whatever the hell you want to do. You could like mm -hmm. stand on your head for 45 minutes. No one's there to say no. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a interesting idea that um, I think is w really worth playing with because it's it's just it it activates different parts of the brain. Like you can feel it, you know, you can feel your brain doing different things when when it's asked of you. Yes, in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're interested, I think I, in Vancouver, I don't know if it's in Vancouver. I forget where it is, but I think his name is Brian Kest. It was one of the first ones. No, was it? Johnny? Johnny Kest, maybe? Brian Kest um, sounds familiar, but I don't know. I'm going to no. have to so double check this. I'm just throwing out names. But anyway, <laughs> um, one of the power yoga guys started to do this, and that's how it started to get around, like the three three times one flow, first time slow, second time faster, and then third time is unguided mm -hmm. um, as like a system. I forget who it was. But anyway, I'll, I'll look it up so you guys can have him as like a a little reference or someone to, to look into. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's well worth playing with. And, and this like free unguided time is, um, is well worth playing with because it's a, it's an interesting concept, I think. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, okay. So thanks for talking about that, but, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, maybe we'll put like a list of key points together. We'll keep discussing a bit maybe some like techniques for teaching beginners because yeah, actually I wouldn't say like there is one way like there, mm -hmm. I would have some tips for teachers um, and then they could see how they go. But I'm thinking, well, actually, yeah, this is a good one to discuss because teaching, I teach verbally as much as I can and I'm not on the mat at the front of the studio. I do walk around. I've been taught to, to teach that way um, mm -hmm. to so that you can kind of verbally uh, see like what your cues are teaching people. If you're saying mm -hmm. weird shit and, but you're doing it, then people are just watching what you're doing. But if you're saying weird shit and people end up doing weird shit, then you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. but teaching to beginners is different. Like the, it's really hard. People do learn visually um, sometimes way better than audibly. Aud audibly. Is that what you mm. would say? Uh, orally? 
earlessness? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> through the ears, through the eyes, through the ears. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> so some people are just going to, if they're walking into a studio for first one to five classes and you're not showing anything, they're going to have such a hard time. So I guess I do tend to teach at the front or, or you know, show poses more with beginners. Mm. And but also really be clear about my language or I might show it on one side the first time and then the second time repeat the same cues mm -hmm. and see if they can get there yeah um, because yeah. it is extremely hard on your body as a teacher to be doing everything all of yeah. the time yes it, but yeah you also I think the the one-sided thing is important because you want them to like I was saying with the unguided you want them to remember that mm -hmm. posture right not just to be there do it and then forget that it ever happened and you'll so, see those students yeah. that are just like looking side to side um so overwhelming in your first couple classes like again they're just trying to kind of make their shape look like yours or their neighbors um so yeah you do need like a bit of talking about the pose the whys of the pose uh, like we're working to get your shin vertical but if you can't bend your knee that much no worries. Um, instead of just like doing it, <laughs> being there in your body is like, yeah. oh my God, this is intense. Yeah. 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 So do you like, do you, do you demo a lot with beginners? Um, I, I think I, I remember demoing a lot. Yeah. I remember having to demo a lot back when I taught it. Whereas now with mixed level classes, you know, I think sometimes it's language. Sometimes language is a big thing. We have like a mm -hmm. really multicultural, um, city in toronto so i think people's grasp of english isn't necessarily good yes. so yeah, yeah having to look that as well yeah and and you know like it took me a while to figure that out i'm like why aren't they listening to me it's like mm -hmm. oh because they don't freaking understand my words so um so yeah sometimes you just have to like i don't know i don't know a way around that so yeah yeah it yeah just, no the yeah. english is a second language thing is is real yeah um and there's you can't say things any better sometimes like people yeah. just don't understand English yeah. and that's that's totally fine but yeah that's what we're kind of working with sometimes yeah and so yeah in those cases I just I just have to demo and I don't know <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know a way around that you just have to like be ready I guess like have enough reserve energy to mm -hmm. demo and then just yeah remember all those self-care things about taking your own energy in in your hands and like replenishing it but yeah um do you you don't demo but you don't teach beginners very much right no they'll, they'll just be sprinkled into my yeah my studio classes right right um yeah but like yeah besides the yoga for step guys which was a lot of beginners mm -hmm. um corporate yoga is often people who generally wouldn't go to a studio so you get more beginners there mm -hmm. um but no, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've taught any just just beginner classes. Yeah. But I but yeah, I have worked with I saved through corporate and the stiff guys. I worked with a lot of beginners and mm -hmm. I feel really comfortable doing that now and how to cue people into things very simply without overwhelming them with five hundred yeah. cues. So I would yeah. yeah, like another tip is like keep it simple, like basics, foundation where your hands are, where your feet are, what your major joints are doing, like yeah. how much are they bent or straight. So good. Yeah. And and then, and then just give people the space to feel and to breathe, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, that's a huge one. Cueing more simply. So even though you're slowing things down, it's not that you're overloading them with cues. It's that you're just like letting them figure out your cues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because people are just half the time you're saying bend your knee and their leg is straight. So it's like, okay, that is a, that is a confusing enough cue evidently. Even if you're like in it and you're like pointing to your knee and they're like, yeah. But everything hurts and burns. <laughs> I'm gonna be so sore yeah. tomorrow. Is what they're thinking. It's yeah. Like, why did my like girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse yeah. bring me to this? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the worst. Yeah. 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 And I think I, I did want to talk about that a little bit in in a studio setting. Sometimes we don't know why people are there. Um, and for you, Nat, you had that like yoga for stiff guys, which is like it's in the title. They're mm-hmm. there because they're so stiff that it's it's hurting them in some way or they're so stiff that, you know, like they, they know that they need this. So they're, they're sort of self-motivated in that way. But in a, a studio setting, we really don't know. It could be because, you know, they're they're on a first date or their their boyfriend is dragging them or their girlfriend is dragging them. Like, who knows what what the motivation is? So that, like some beginners can be really like not into it. Yep. And yeah. that's like, yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. not everyone is like super jazzed about being in a yoga class they're like confused and <laughs> yeah. shocked yeah and there's oh man there's so many ways there's a couple other things I just thought of so then with beginners like were you do you ohm in your classes right now no you- no okay. I I barely yeah dude it took me so many years to get used to talking <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> and then like the thought of oming is just like like we're basically singing all together that's so weird to me i can't not yet yeah no i'm not there yet no i throw down an ohm now and then it's like weird it's like certain studios i really feel it's appropriate in certain spaces Mm. and certain groups and then Mm. others i'm just like i'll go a couple classes and be like oh yeah we haven't done that that's totally fine um again you need to kind of know why you're doing it and feel like it's not just something you should do because in yoga you ohm you just whatever yeah kind of if you don't want to do it don't do it <laughs> but with beginners then is it important to teach that that is can be a part of the practice or is it um more important to just stick to what's more basic I don't yeah I don't know that's a really good question yeah like we were talking about the whole um trying to incorporate all all the parts of a yoga practice that you might encounter outside of the the safe space for beginners mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I think that's totally valid. Like, a, I don't know. So maybe I, you talk, I would, if I think if I did it with beginners, I would talk about why I'm doing it and maybe like a little bit of one of the interpretations of it. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, some people love this. Some people don't. Okay, you don't have so, to do it if you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. So on that same thing, then would you use Sanskrit words or explain what namaste means? Um... Yeah, I think I, oh man, I'm really bad with naming poses because I've taught so many beginners. And in teaching beginners, I just leave myself enough space to describe the basic physical components of the postures. So, but I, but I think like people want me more to say what the pose is. Um, when I'm on my game, I do say it in English and Sanskrit mm-hmm. um, with like, new beginners yeah I think it is good practice to say I would say both though yeah I think it's don't leave out the English since that's 
primary yeah. first language for us as a yeah, society yeah. right now. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it's kind of nice, you know, to, to sort of like demystify it a little bit. Like, oh, this is a Virabhadrasana. Some people call it warrior. Some people call it Virabhadrasana. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And then how about Namaste? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I pretty much say namaste at the end of all my classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a beginner's class, definitely the ones that I taught that were the set series, I would explain it the first like three classes. Yeah. yeah. Explain what it means. Yeah. I, I feel like I need a better way to explain what namaste means. Do you have a good way to to say it that's like short and not not um, huge? Oh God, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think what I used to say. When I taught those classes, it's like a, um, a recognition of one another, mm. recognizing each other in the space or something like that. And then do you, do you just explain like, and so in a moment, we'll say it all together. One, two, three. Namaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, yeah, I, you- <laughs> I'll say like, I'm, I, I'll say it and then you can repeat it if you feel like you want to do that. Ah, okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. looking for more. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like... <laughs> The light in me see like recognizes and bows to the light in you or something mm-hmm. like that or the divinity mm-hmm. in me. I just stick to like this is a kind of a recognition of each other for being in this space together. Yeah. Um, I mean like in India, when you go to India, they – in I think the north, that's how they say hello. That's, how, that's like a literal greeting. Yeah. Namaste. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, as a teacher to stay, stay comfortable with what, you know, like stick with what you're comfortable with, stick with like the simplicity. Um, and that's probably going to land a lot better. But yeah, I think all these fine nuances are really, really important as well. Yeah. I, th- mm. I think it's really great practice to teach beginners if you have the chance, because mm-hmm. it, it makes you really clarify and get mm-hmm. specific um, I think it fine tunes your skills a lot mm-hmm. to be able to say something yeah. with less words is a huge skill. Yeah. And direct, like concise, direct, um, if you're having an actual teaching of the class, like we're talking about foundation and grounding, what does that mean in our life or something like you can like really yeah, spit it out simply in a couple lines instead of like maybe in a more intermediate or advanced class you do it very metaphorically yeah yeah oh man i really want to teach some beginners now i know they're so great i know right especially when they're like motivated to be there yeah i really now i want to like ask for a beginner's class (laughs) can i teach beginners please (laughs) because i also feel like people are so um they're discovering so much about themselves and in and around all parts of their bodies physical and and otherwise so every class like there's like aha moments for them um and then you can have those little discussions afterwards and they're like oh yeah i used to do this but then you cued this little thing and i felt it and you're like sweet like you get that (laughs) more like immediate uh, response and like intermediate or advanced students just kind of like rip through everything and they're often not taking away new things from a class like you have to be really really skilled to i don't know like there's just so much repetition after some point for Mm -hmm. them to learn something yeah yeah anyway i think that's everything i wanted to talk about i thought that was uh yeah that was good 
I would say to teachers, like if you are teaching a class and you have beginners, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. Like I, if I, if I'm able to identify the beginners, whether through conversation, the beginning of class or whatever you guys do, um, to, to make sure they're not on the edges of the class, the sides where, where if they mm. turn one way and there's yes. no one. So I, I will yes. physically move them like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah. I've, yeah, there's been classes where like the beginner hides in the back corner. Um, and I didn't know that there were beginners cause it's a packed class. But if I had the option to like know that they were a beginner, mm-hmm. I would definitely be like moved to the middle of the class where you're yeah. surrounded by people. It's, it's just such a different, like, cause then you can see what everyone's doing and when your head's down, when your eyes are not forward, like I think a lot of people don't realize that in yoga, your eyes are not always facing forward and the teacher's not always there. So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And maybe even let them know, like let a beginner's class know if you are someone who doesn't want to demo a lot, or maybe you have something going on in your body that you can't be demoing all the time, Yeah, which I like, I think it's better to demo less mm-hmm. to, to let them know, like, I'm not going to be demoing every posture. What I really want you guys to focus on is like where your main joints are, yeah. um, where your body is in space. Like, is your knee bent or not? And yeah. listen to me. And like, I'm going to know if I say something weird, cause you guys are going to be end up doing, you're going to do weird stuff. I've said confused, that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I've said that before. Like I don't demo a whole lot. Um, but I'll know if I say weird shit and I've said weird shit. I'll, like I've said, I don't even know. I've said weird things. Oh, yeah. one one thing is like legs and hips. Like when I'm really tired, I'll say lips. <laughs> like I'm like, <laughs> move your lips. And they're like, mm. I'm like, wait a sec. That's not any. That's yeah. not a thing. Um, yeah. Yep. Like I'll see as a teacher if I if I say something that doesn't land, that doesn't work for you, um, and then we'll go from there. So just do just like try to listen and then put it in your body and. So you can just let them know that you're not going to demo a lot and they'll be like, okay, I should pay attention. Yeah. Or look at the person beside you. Yeah. I had one, uh, one teacher, I was in like a mixed level class and she's like, any beginners? And you know, a few people raised their hands and she like stood up, looked at them and said, this is going to be the hardest class of your life. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. And and then she explained and it makes total sense that of course the first class is going to be the hardest because you know nothing. Okay. Yeah. And you got to yeah. learn it all and it's going to be so difficult for you in so many ways. So challenging. Um, so just like, I love that she said that right off the bat, like accept that. And then, yeah. you know, like from here on out after this, it's going to get easier because you know some things. You're going you're gonna to be equipped with some things. So I, I think that was just like genius. Like, yeah, of course it's the hardest class. But it's also like maybe the most rewarding because like you, you made that step. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, my God, you're going to scare the shit out of your students. But no, it yeah. is good to like <laughs> kind of address that. Like, yeah, you guys are. I, yeah. It's really empowering, right? Just like this is the hardest. This is the hardest step. The first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, she's my favorite teacher. <laughs> oh, awesome. If you're ever in town, we'll go. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think of anything else. Have I got anything else? Yeah. I'd no, say I think, keep it yeah. simple. Keep it simple. Don't try and teach them everything. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, listen to this entire podcast because I think there were a few nuggets of really good stuff and then a lot of talking yes. <laughs> about other stuff. <laughs> As we do. Oopsie. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, no. so funny because we're like talking about being concise and it took us like an hour. 
Yeah, but that's why we do this. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> okay. We're so like restricted when you teach yoga sometimes. Like you have to like get things, you don't have to get it right, but like, yeah, you got to be concise and shorten it and not draw, draw things out. And this is our chance to kind of babble. <laughs> just need to get that out of my system oh my god yes <laughs> all right okay we should we should call call it um time yeah ding, i think ding. we're good ding yep. ding for sure right thanks for listening guys <laughs> we appreciate you so much um let's do our quick things uh so my thing is the rad rollers i love them i think you should use them if you're not already um such great self-recovery tools um myofascial release self myofascial release tools so their link we're gonna have it up on our um show notes here on nat and sandy yoga dot com um and they they're just good because they they create such a, a wonderful array of things so there's different shapes different sizes different colors also different tools to get into your body in different ways and um yeah you know, we all know that not one size fits all right mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes oh, yeah. you need a different size ball <laughs> so different they'll balls. yeah they'll have them I want the little black one right now. It's like somewhere it's in, I've, I've packed it and I want the little tiny black one for my hands because my hands are just like little Ooh. rocks or like little yeah. claws. Yeah. You know what? Wait. I did a workshop and I swear everyone stole my little black ones. Oh, sons of bees. I know. <laughs> I know. Cause they're easy to steal too. Cause yes. they're like the size of a marble. You can just like tuck them in your pocket. But I'm like, frig, those things came in like a three set. Yes. They came like as a part of a group. And then you just split up the group. I'm so mad. And, and I've lost my balls and they're expensive. Ugh. Damn it. I know. That's the worst. I feel for you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, do your thing, Nat. Oh yes. Okay. So we have a ten percent discount for anyone who's going to any Wanderlust event this year. So Wanderlust is a big um yoga festival there's several festivals all over canada and the u.s uh, especially right now going into the summer if you're thinking about a little like getaway weekend you can go for a couple of days or they're up to four days long and you get to practice with a whole bunch of different yoga teachers um different styles of yoga everything from like sup yoga to acro to just regular vinyasa yin anything meditations there's wellness talks there's lots of super cool stuff so if you're thinking about it you can get 10 percent off with the um with the link that we provide you in the show notes and if you go to our webpage, also it's right there on the home page mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. wanderlust is such a good summertime thing to do especially if you have like a group of yogi friends or even non-yogis, I think everyone everyone connects yeah. there. Eric's yeah. come with me before he came for a day. Okay, he Eric is it. a yogi. That's I not, know. He yeah. actually is like more hardcore than I am half the time. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing my yoga mat still. <laughs> all right. And last of all, we just wanted to tell you how much we appreciate that you've listened through to the end and how much we appreciate every single listen on our podcast. It really helps us to keep the momentum up and give us this drive to keep going that we're doing something that's um, – being heard and and useful out there for you so if this podcast has touched you in some way please do leave us a a review um on itunes on whatever uh podcast thingy that you're you're listening to us through um a review and five stars if that's available we it really helps us to be found by other people and to spread all the good stuff that hopefully we're putting out there for you perfect yes love it all right all right. We'll see you next time. Till next time, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>